And welcome to Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is the NFL Week 10. We are halfway through the season, folks. I am i don't love that fact, to be honest. No, it just flies right by. I mean, November, before we know it, it's going to be December. And it's going to suck because both of our teams are going to be firmly out of it. So <laughs> <laughs> They're going to be firmly out of it. And the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be playing a wild card game where we all want to bl- bludgeon our eyes out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and I mean, thank goodness uh, we did not get a New York Jets victory because they would be in the thick of it as well. I'm just like, what's going on at the AFC? God, I, that the AFC for a division that we had such high hopes for. I mean, it has really started to come apart at the seams in, in, in areas. Um, we'll talk about all those teams, obviously, but we get to start with a nice Early bird game, 9.30 Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 for you West Coasters. Pats Colts, lines at two, over under 42 and a half. We just send our finest to the international markets to really promote the game here because who doesn't want to watch the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots this year's version at 9.30 in the morning? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we'll take it, but uh, oof, that's, that's just not exactly the way to expand our product. And you would think like, you, I mean, this was 300 years ago or whatever, but you think the Patriots, they put them in London. But, uh, <laughs> Fair. But whatever. Really, uh, really, really give them some PTSD over there. Yeah, just kind of rub it in, you know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, this, this game, yeah, not not a good one. Um, I, just, I just watched my team play the Patriots, and man, I mean, I knew they were bad, but man, they are terrible that team is horrific um and then you know they're playing a colts team which you know i I wouldn't say they are a good team but i will put the colts in the feisty category they are they are kind of feisty they can find ways to win um not not win a lot but they definitely find ways to score and new england i mean that was one of the worst offenses i've ever seen i mean it was just they were just bad dude and you just like you look at like the, the leading the leading players on this new england team i mean they're going against their leading receiver is hunter henry who has 277 yards and they're playing against the colts leading receiver who's michael pittman he has 593 yards you know their leading rusher is zach moss with 615 yards he's averaging almost five yards a carry and their leading rusher is Ramondre stevenson with 394 yards who's averaging 3.7 yards per carry it's just to me i'm just like this colts team while they're not good they're way better than this patriots team so one and a half i, I actually Really like Indy. I don't hate it. Um, I will say this. That take you had at the beginning of the season when we did our preseason breakdowns about the Pats being a boring-ass team has aged like fine wine. My God, is that clip just... It ages perfect. We took shit on that where people were like, this team is going to be better than expected. Nope, it's a boring football team. <laughs> yeah, very boring. It's so boring that when you hear like the name Ezekiel Elliott, you're like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> a good player let's see what zeke can do and i mean you know he's not going to do anything yeah absolutely with it being at the you know depending on what shop you're looking at and this is why you should always shop around there are ones and a half still out there in the market there are twos in the market i'm gonna say it i said it a couple weeks ago this is a hold your nose hold on to your butts game for me hold on to your butts because I do think I'm putting the Pats in a teaser mode. And the only reason I am putting the Pats in the teaser mode is because the Colts are currently playing the highest level of zone defense in the NFL. 89% of their coverage is in zone. 
usually cover three or cover four. It is the only time the Pats offense finds any success. They are about a middle of the road passing offense when going against zone defense. And it makes sense when you think about it, because they're guys, they don't have man beaters on that team. It's a lot of players that do well in fitting in windows. When you think of Henry, Kaseki, Parker, these are guys that can find open spaces on defense. And Gus Bradley very rarely changes his schemes defensively. So I do feel like, I don't know if they're going to win the game because I, I, I don't have that much faith in them, but if I can tease them up to six and get them over a touchdown, which I am going to do, and I'll I'll kind of give away my second leg later. This is just hold the nose, hold on to your butts, folks. It's going to get ugly, but at eight, and I can tease it up. I I, I oh, kind of yeah. like a Pat's play now. Straight up, I, not not the case. I'm not I'm not doing that, but <laughs> I do like it because of that matchup with that heavy zone rate. Mm-hmm. All right, a matchup that honestly is getting a little bit more interesting and might be on upset alert. I got Texans Bengals lines at six and a half over under 46 and a half. So this Texans team is getting hot offensively. CJ Stroud has certainly made his mark for rookie of the year candidacy. Um, the man is absolutely lighting it up. You've got guys like Tank Dell that have been able to stretch defenses. Call that game perfectly, but in classic NFL fashion this season. I can't get a two and a half cover because the Texans have an injured kicker and refused to, to go for an extra point, which is the right move to win the football game. But once again, Nate gets screwed by a wonky NFL season. Um, the line is at six and a half. We saw the Bengals take care of business on Monday night, but sustain some injuries. What do you make of this game at a touchdown spread with the known fact that they got to turn around and play a short week game against the Ravens on Thursday night for the Bengals? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely going to be a tough one. CJ Stroud's just playing out of his mind. Um, I mean, he's the unquestioned offensive rookie of the year. Like, I I, I can't think of anyone who's even kind of close. I mean, Puka, but uh, still, no. Yeah. I mean, you, you're going to give it to the quarterback every single time. Um, Bengals, though, they're, I mean, they're looking good. They've won, what, four of their last five, something like that. Um, they've been playing very good. Joby's able to move a little bit. Uh, we did see him, you know, we did see him using uh, the little percussion gun on the, the calf during the last game. That got me a little worried. Got the but, heating I mean, pad out it in, yeah, I think, the, the second quarter or whatever. I was like, what are you, an old man with the heating pad here? <laughs> but Yeah, I mean, I saw that and I was like, hey, that's not, that's not good. But, um, hey, he looked awesome. Um, still, that, that, that's, that's a big spread there. I know it is in Cincy. I think they do, you know, that'll, that'll help them a lot. But still, I mean, Texans, they're they're a team that can stick around. Um, I don't think they're going to win this game, but I do think that they have the uh, ability and the talent to cover. I mean, this team's four and four. They're they're actually fighting for their division. Um, Jacksonville's got a pretty good hold on it, but still, I mean, they're they're not going to roll over. They're young. They're hungry. Um, they got a young head coach who's also hungry. I like them here to be able to cover. Uh, I don't really like their chances to win this game, but I do like the over as well. I, I think this could be a high scoring affair. I agree with that. I think the Texans are definitely in cover territory because T Higgins is most likely going to miss this game on Sunday. Jamar chase is also now banged up because, you know, Joe Burrow, if he hits him in stride, you know, maybe gets a walk-in touchdown and doesn't get banged up on that play, but you know, he missed and chase got a little banged up. And so you got your two very key wide receivers banged up in what is already an offense that is struggling to break out of its conservativeness. We've talked about this a bunch, but dead last in intended air yards per pass attempt, dead last in completed air yards uh, per completion. 
Joe Burrow currently out of 32 quarterbacks. Like we continue to see Zach Taylor have a battle inside of his brain to be like, let's open this thing up and also let's play super conservative. And so you got a banged up team with a Thursday night game against a very physical Ravens team. I do wonder if Zach Taylor and this Bengals offense sort of once again, elect to be a little bit more conservative. Um, and you've got a Texans defense or offense that can really stretch the field. And I think we are seeing the the downside of letting two really good safeties leave in Cincinnati. The back end is a little unprotected this year. They've been still trying to figure that out. Lose one of the best coordinators in the NFL. Does a great job with second half um, adjustments. But this is a spot where they can get got. I don't think they can. I don't know the Texans are actually going to walk in and run it or win it. Um, I definitely don't want to see this team try to run the ball because the Texans cannot run to save their lives. One of the worst rushing offenses I've seen in a long time. But if the Texans stay aggressive through the air, the Bengals continue their conservative ways. I think this is a a very easy game for for the Texans to cover. And I don't hate the over here, too, because I think they might push the Bengals just enough to get it. Yep, I agree. All right, let's talk about a, a, a battle of great defenses right now in the NFL. Browns-Ravens, lines at six and a half. Ravens are favored over under 38. These are the one and two defenses when it comes to total defense in the NFL. They are one and two in yards allowed, or least amount of yards allowed per play. They are one and two in net yards allowed per play. They're number one and three in scoring percentage allowed on defense. They are one and two in expected points contributed by defense. They're virtually one and two or one in somewhere in the top five of every major statistical defensive category. The biggest difference is on the offensive side of the ball. And that is why you are seeing a spread at six and a half while having a relatively low total. How do you see this one potentially breaking down here? Yeah, I mean, that is a large spread, but I mean, we have seen these teams play already this year and the Ravens absolutely stomped all over Cleveland. Now they get to play back home. Um, they're just right now, they're they're just a very complete football team. I don't really like their, I, I just their style of play. I, I mean, this is funny because they've won two Super Bowls this millennium with that kind of style of play, but I, I, I don't really like them to win like a Super Bowl. I don't really even like them to, to really go that deep in the playoffs. Um, but right now, I mean, you, I mean, I'd say they're playing like a top three team in the NFL. I mean, the Ravens are just, they are rolling. Um, this is a team they always seem to kind of get up for. And then, you know, a lot of times kick the shit out of the Browns. Um, Cleveland's uh, basically on offense. It's pretty much Amari Cooper. And like, that's it. I mean, <laughs> it's pretty much the Cooper show. Um, Watson actually, all things considered, had a very you know, a good game for Deshaun last week. Um, I don't think that that will happen this week. I think this is going to be one of those ugly Deshaun Watson games. So this is a big spread that I don't usually feel that comfortable on teams covering, but I will go with Baltimore here. I don't hate it. This is, this is one of those where the defenses are really good, but you look at the offensive side of the football and there's a, there's a big kind of difference there between the two. I came into the season very high on time, Todd Munkin and thinking that he was going to be able to unlock something here for the Ravens offense. And I think that's what we're starting to see. Finally, they're getting a little healthier. Todd Munkin is finally understanding the pieces. I'd like to see him use Zay flowers a little bit more as a down the field threat. Seems to be using him more just kind of run after the catch working more shorter stuff. Um, But this is an offense that's starting to hum. They play good complimentary football. The Browns offense is in a weird spot because the thing that made Kevin Stefanski so successful as a play caller 
is what he is not doing this year. And that is in part because he tried to tailor his offense to what Deshaun Watson wanted to run. So think a lot more 11 personnel, which is three wide receivers, four wide receiver sets, spreading it out more where Kevin Sufancy's bones were made with heavy personnel sets, a lot of 11 and 12. So one tight end, two tight ends, um, creative running game, you know, building off play action a lot. That's just not what they've been doing because they've been trying to satisfy Deshaun Watson and make him feel comfortable. But as we've talked about a lot on the show, he's probably washed. (laughs) So that becomes a bit of a problem. And Nick Chubb obviously being injured is a problem. Losing both your right and left tackle are a problem for this offense. And that is where the Ravens, I think, can kind of cover this number. I also put them in the teaser leg to bring them down um, to virtually a pick them and a six point teaser. So they are also part of that leg, but I do like the Ravens straight up because the other part of this is, is the Browns do like to play a lot of man, but they play a, a, a decent amount of zone and man, the Ravens offense is built to kill you in zone. Zay flowers ability to maneuver in the open field is marked with Mark Andrews. I mean, it's a scary good football team right now. I don't know if they're Super Bowl bound, but I would agree. Top top three. There's many that consider them the number one team right now, but I would say yeah. comfortably top three in the NFL. Mm-hmm. All right. 49ers Jags. This number I think would be a lot different if uh, the 49ers weren't so turnover prone the last couple go arounds and weren't missing Debo and, and Trent. Uh, but the line is at three. Jags take on the 49ers line at 45 and a half. How do you kind of see this one potentially going? This one's a tough one. Um, I've always kind of just liked Jacksonville, just the way this team's made up. Um, and just recently what's been going on with the Niners. Yes, they've been dealing with some injury issues. Um, you know, they bring in they bring in uh, Chase Young. We'll see how that goes. I mean, that certainly can't hurt. I think, I think he will be more successful in San Fran than he will be here in D.C., especially, you know, he's – in a contract year, he's got about not eight or nine games left to kind of really get get that you know big bag of money that he wants. Um, but then he got Jacksonville, man. I just love the way this team is just just rolling right now. I mean, I would say after Christian McCaffrey, I mean Travis Etienne is playing like the number two running back in the NFL, which is just kind of wild because I've always been a fan of him, but I didn't quite see that coming. Um, so. <laughs> I lean Jacksonville a little bit. You know, they're catching three here at home. I I, I like that a lot. Um, I, I think there's definitely this is one of those games where you know there's a big push potential. Um, which is you know I'd like to see it get down to get down to something like two and a half. I think San Fran probably wins this game, but I think it's gonna be a tight one. It's going to be, yeah, really tight. Good news for 49ers fans. Trent Williams did return to practice this week because man, do you need him on that offensive line? That offensive yes. line is not very good. And to, to be missing your first ballot hall of famer anchor to the offensive line makes it very difficult to protect. And I think that's why we've seen more turnovers from Brock Purdy because within this system, he he's still finding success. It's just the turnovers have really killed that. Um, I don't know if there may have been a worse game for Steve Wilkes to become less conservative in with this one, because the one area that Trevor Lawrence still seems to struggle with is when you bring a lot of pressure and Steve Wilkes loves to bring pressure, but Kyle Shanahan has sort of nipped that in the butt. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. He started attending defensive meetings. He's now making him come down out of the press box and down onto the field to play calls. Like he's really sort of taking the juice out of that blitzing. And I feel like this is, this is a game where you kind of got to let the dudes loose um, because the back end is not shirt up. You know, there were rumors 
they there were rumors that they went out to try to make a play for Jalen Johnson from the Bears, but just couldn't get it across the finish line. And man, did they really need that corner help. But if Chase Young paired with his old running mate in Bosa can get it going, that could be a little interesting. Um, I, I do think the Jags are going to find a little success in defending the run. They're a very good rush defense. I think underrated to most people. Um, now they're going against one of the better rushing units in the league. Um, but I think that's their key to success. Can they stop the run and put them in obvious passing downs and then let Josh Allen loose on the edge and see what they can do? Cause they don't blitz a lot. So yep. you got to generate pressure somehow. Otherwise Brock Purdy and this 49ers team are just going to tear you apart because unless you could speed up that inner clock of Brock Purdy, he is not turnover prone. The only time he is, is when you got to speed up that clock. <laughs> Uh, Packers Steelers. This is an eyesore of a game. It's at three, the line over under 39 Steelers are the favorite. I don't know if I, I don't know how you feel comfortable backing a Steelers team at three, but I also don't really feel comfortable backing a Packers team at three. Like I caught the knife, Should've... the falling knife last week with the Packers bet, but man, does this game make me uneasy? Yeah. I mean, this is just a terrible game. I mean, it's it's just such a joke that one of these teams is five and three. It just blows my mind. Um, like, I just, I can't take it. Uh, but the Steelers, they find ways to win. I don't know how. It's so bizarre to me. I mean, Kenny Pickett's in his second season of playing football, and Sam Howell has already thrown more touchdowns than him in his entire career. Uh, it's just, I don't understand. This team is, they're just weird, but they find ways to win. Coaching, it's 100% coaching. Mike Tomlin is an amazing coach. Um, you know, they have a maniac at wide receiver, George Pickens. I don't know what he's doing. I mean, he had 10 yards to get two feet inbounds, and he just just didn't do it. And then he has the audacity to go on the sideline and pout. I mean, it's just, it's just maddening the way that that man behaves himself. <laughs> but I am going to go ahead. I'm just going to take the Steelers because I, I pick against them all the time and they make me look stupid. So I'll go with the Steelers. They are gamers. Um, And that was sort of the evaluation we made in the preseason. I kind of came on here and was like, Pickett doesn't do anything really well. And he doesn't practice well. And there's nothing that they, they've been pretty honest. There's nothing like super exciting. You read all the beat reports and everybody's just kind of like, oh, man. We're really hoping he's a gamer. And then sure enough, the fourth quarter comes around and all of a sudden he turns it on. I saw something like he has the most fourth quarter comebacks now at like this point in his career outside of like Tom Brady or something it was insane. I, I'll have to pull the stat and I'll interject it here or throw it up on the page. But it was like one of the craziest stats I've ever seen. Um, But that's just kind of his his M.O. right now. This is a weird game. I do like Pickens being a bit of a diva because the NFL is just better when we have wide receiver divas. Like we oh, grew yeah. up in the T.O. era. That's my quarterback, man, doing sit-ups on his driveway with a full news crew out there, shirt off. Um, like the NFL is just more interesting with these guys. And Pickens feels like he's the next in line to kind of carry that torch for the diva wide receiver group. Sure does. Yeah, he he is very emotional. <laughs> Oh, God bless us. Um, the Packers are, in, I, yeah, I I haven't done anything. This is one of those games where I was like trying to find a way to bet, and I just was like, I say it every week, sometimes the best bet you make is the one that you don't make, and this feels like a game where I'm just going to kind of stay away from. This is another game where I had a hard time picking up 
maybe a side, but I do have a potential prop bet that I like. Saints Vikings minus three. Saints are favorite over under 41. How about Dobbs? Not even understanding what's going on from an offensive philosophy standpoint and beating trust fund baby. Uh, it's Smith over there in Falcons land. I mean, all time bad look for them, but you now get a Saints team coming into this one. How do you, how do you kind of see this breaking down? Uh, yeah, this one, I also am with you. This one is kind of throwing me for a loop. Um, the Saints are like a five and four team that I just, every week, every game for them just kind of seems like a real big struggle. Um, it's just like the game ends and you're just like, huh, I don't really know how they just won that game, but they just do. They, they win games. Um, but I mean, I liked what I saw last week from Minnesota. I mean, Dobbs, he's not a great quarterback, but you got to give it to him. He's having a good year. All things considered. Um, he's been traded twice now in, in the last like two and a half months. He was traded right before he started for Arizona. Um, yeah. I kind of lean Minnesota here and they're playing at home. I do think, I don't think home field advantage is massive in the NFL, but I do think in certain, certain stadiums it, it is. And Minnesota is one of them. Yes. <laughs> Minnesota is one of them. Um, so I would take them plus three here. I probably won't do it, but I don't even hate them on the money line. I don't either. They're playing sort of sneaky, good defensive football right now. Um, and you've got a Derek card element to this game but that's the part that i like and i like alvin Kamara's props here in the receiving game because this the vikings play a style of defense that is we're going to sit back and not allow anything deep or explosive and we're going to bring pressure and to me that reads a lot of checkdowns from check down charlie and in, in car um they haven't released his just pure reception yet but the, his receiving prop is out there and as far as yards. And I, I think Alvin Kamara is going to get a lot of check down routes here. And it's going to be a big part of this passing game um, yeah. with just the flow here. But the, the, the Vikings defense is, is sneakily good um, and, and getting better week to week. I, I'm, I have no faith in back in the saints. They are a week to week, just head scratching offense. I don't really know what they try to achieve week to week, but that's kind of the, the one play I have as of right now in this game. Yeah. My Titans take on the Bucks, and man, is this a money game. Um, the line is at one. Virtually, it is a pick em. Um, Over under 39 and a half. Mike Vrabel loves nothing more than to bring teams down to his level. The Bucks love nothing more than to attempt to bring teams down to their level. These are two bottom feeder teams just trying to play bottom feeder football. Um, we did see White start to be a little bit more explosive, like we called for. Yes last week uh which was a good call do you have a, a side on this or a thought in, involving this game I, I do um i i like i like your books pretty pretty handily this week actually um, i i just don't I, this titans team they have some talent here but just that that offense even though they have some big names on that offense it is just it's hard to watch at times um, I would just give Derrick Henry the ball a hundred thousand times and just call it a night. Um, obviously, you know, the Bucks have, you know, solid run defense, so that might not work out too well. Um, I, I just think this is a good opportunity. I think your defense is kind of going to kind of going to shit all over this offense. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's always crazy putting a lot of faith on a three and five team, but I feel pretty good about the Bucks this weekend. Yep. With, with V of a coming or V of a coming back to full practice, this gives me much more confidence with the bucks because without him, we can kind of get gashed on the ground with him. Yeah. It is hard to move the ball on the ground. 
And then you got to pass the ball, which is our weakness. It's what I called for in the Texans game and why I thought they were going to beat us. But I, Will Levis had a nice intro game to the NFL. People, I think, yeah. got a little over their skis with the Will Levis takes. He's sort of regressing back to what I thought. Like you put on the tape and there are some nice plays in there, but it's it's a work in progress. So I do like the Bucks. This is a spot where I, where I am picking picking my Buccaneers Lions Chargers Lions at three over under 48 and a half. And while it is in San Diego, Jared Goff gets his dome like atmosphere, which helps boost his stats. As we have seen, this is a Chargers team that got a, a needed win. Um, Keenan Allen went off. Um, but man, you get a good football team in the Lions coming to town. How do you, how do you see this one potentially breaking down? I mean, yeah, they're a good, well-rested Lions team coming in here. Jared Goff doesn't matter, but I'm going to say it anyway. He's played a lot of games in California in his life. Um, <laughs> so he'll, he'll feel right at home. Um, and, yeah, this is going to be – the Lions are going to be kind of annoying because I don't like – and I know this is the way of the NFL, but I'm not, I'm not a big fan of this running back by committee. It's just no one gets into the rhythm – properly and it just kind of fluctuates things i think they had a perfect opportunity to trade david montgomery when you know before the trade deadline um they didn't want to do it i mean they, they've proven you know gibbs can do it and even their third running back craig reynolds is perfectly capable of being a number two um yeah. i think they kind of missed an opportunity there but i mean at the same time like can you have too much talent no so I, whatever I, I get what they're doing there um the chargers they're just, they're a nightmare. I mean, yeah, they won, but man, Herbert just like forgot how to play football this past week. I mean, it was so bad. It was so ugly. I, mean, I couldn't believe it. All I needed was 200 yards from the guy on my parlay, and he wasn't even sniffing 200 yards. And so, yeah, I, I like the Lions here. They're just, they're just a good team. They're well-rested. Um, I do think they could be somewhat due for a dud, but... I just don't see many teams dropping duds against the chargers because they're, they're, they're duds themselves. I would agree with that. I don't see a scenario in which Ben Johnson doesn't stuff Brandon Staley in a locker and eat his lunch um, from an offensive standpoint, coming off the bye. I think a lion's team total bet is certainly within reason here. Um, this chargers defense, while they've committed the fourth most cap space over the last, what was it? Three years, I think well underperforming and as a defensive minded head coach you cannot have that but week in and week out we come on here and week in and week out we say the exact same thing this team is just not functioning at the level they should defensively ben johnson is going to out coach brandon staley which is not hard to do and so i do think that the lions i'm i'm, I'm not making this a hard one on myself i the lions are are kind of the side here i think um falcons cardinals man trust fund baby arthur smith is He's out of his depths, I think. Either There's two things here. He's either a, a, a mad genius and playing it off like he's an idiot and just playing for a great draft pick to get a quarterback, or he's an incompetent idiot. And I think it's the latter. because. And I would be fascinated to understand what the conversations look like inside that building because you have a GM who is investing capital in good young offensive prospects. And Arthur Smith over here, with his dad being best friends with the owner, is just refusing to really utilize them. So either they stink or you just don't have the ability to utilize your players. And I, I don't know how to make heads or tails of it, but I lean to you just kind of stink. <laughs> It's the strangest thing. I'll I'll never really understand how you can draft the first round running back and then just be like, meh, 
we'll only kind of use them. And then like your logic for using them is like, well, you know, running backs get beat down a lot. Well, then you should probably just use them while you can. I, I, I don't get it. While he's on the cheaper deal. <laughs> yeah, while he's on a cheap deal, like let's see if he can be a workhorse. But no, Bijan Robinson has one carry inside the five-yard line. One carry inside the five-yard line. Wonder what that noise was, audience. That was your brains exploding because that is stupidity at its finest. <laughs> it, it makes zero sense to me. Um, however, looking at this game, this is the Cardinals. The Cardinals are bad. Yes, Kyler Murray is playing, but I don't think we're going to see a very mobile Kyler Murray right now. Um, so, you know, I think he's, you know, there's got to be some rust factor. Um, I probably won't bet on this game because it's just terrible, but I will take the Falcons here. Not very confident with that one. But um, I got to go with Atlanta. I I do not hate it. Um, This is the Cardinals defense that is allowing the second most amount of possessions to end in a score. Um, 44.3% of offensive possessions end in a score. Incredible. Only worst team is the Broncos right now. (laughs) So have fun with that. Um, I'm with you. I, I just... You get your first back game back with Kyle Murray. There's going to be some rust there. I, 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 I'm not betting it. I don't want to bet it. But if you're like, hey, I need a side. I, I, I think you probably got to lean Falcons, but I don't. I don't like to do it. Um, I like it. All right, Commanders Seahawks lines at six and a half over under forty four. How are you feeling about this one? You are going to be out in Seattle this weekend. What are your thoughts, feelings? How you breaking this one down? Yes, I will be in the building hanging out with the weirdo 12s. Um, We'll see how that goes. Um, (laughs) Should be fun. It'll be wet, of course, because it's Seattle. Um, Kind of surprised by the size of the spread, to be honest, because Seattle has been a very inconsistent team that, like, can't figure out their own identity. Um, I do think that they will probably win this game, but I like the way – I like our chances at at least covering – Gino has been uh, not great, uh, especially his last three games, I think, or four or five. I don't know. He's been pretty bad recently. He's something like, I think he has six picks in his last four games. He's terrible from in, inside the pocket. So if you can keep him in the pocket, you should be pretty good. Um, I, I just, if they weren't coming off just getting bludgeoned by the Ravens, I would actually like our chances a lot better. But, you know, I, I do think, you know, they do have a really good coaching staff over there who will have that team ready. Um, you know, they'll have them ready for a bounce back. So I worry about that. Worry about, you know, obviously Witherspoon's going to shut down pretty much anyone he's covering. Um, we, you know, we do have good wide receivers, but they're not the most physical wide receivers and Witherspoon is very physical. Um, so I, I think they're going to struggle with him. And if Emmanuel Forbes is on DK Metcalf, oh my God, he's going to break in half. I, I pray I don't see that. I pray they don't do that to that kid because that that's just, that's bullying. Um, <laughs> I, I I like our chances to cover. I don't I don't really like our chances to get a win here. Um, not that this matters, but we are seven and one a lifetime at Seattle. Not in the playoffs. Not in the playoffs. <laughs> We've lost there in the playoffs quite a few times. But um, not that that matters. It doesn't matter that you know we beat Seattle in 1999 in Seattle. But you know there is that little tidbit. <laughs> I do love when people actually throw that out as like serious stats, where they're like, in the last 20 years, these teams, as if the coaches and GMs yeah. and players haven't always. Jeff George beat them. Okay. <laughs> it's one of my favorite because you hear it the most in college. And, and it's like, what are you talking about? Like those kids graduated 10 years ago. 
who gives a shit what this this has been the last 10 years like the dumbest things uh yeah. but it is just fun to just throw out there to rub in the it face is. but it doesn't really mean anything from your betting perspective um the whole time i was th- looking at this game i was thinking man if only Montez Sweat was still on this team because he would get after it this week. And I understand why the commanders got rid of Young and Montez Sweat. It's a rebuild, tear it down. New head coach, new... Re- well, they'll have a new head coach. I think they don't have one right now. Um, But new owner who's going to want to get new, kind of a, a new feel in the building. So I understand why they did it. But you look at that Seattle offensive line, it is some patchworks. Andy Dickerson, the O-line coach um, for Seattle, has done a really good job, I think, for what he's been provided with from the offensive line and, and trying to get him patchwork, but it's it's a very vulnerable spot. And un, unfortunately for the Seahawks, you hit it perfectly. They are capped by Geno Smith. Like, this could be a really good team because they play good in the secondary. They have a good defense. They have a ton of offensive weapons. The O-line is certainly down, but you are a bit capped, your ceiling, with Geno. Like, he, he'll get you. I mean, you're a top 15 team, in my opinion. You're probably somewhere in between like eight to 12, maybe I'd I'd probably put you somewhere in there, that range because he caps you at that place. Like there's that, there's that ceiling you can't push through here. Um, But yeah, I I think, you know, the commanders, they've they've got a shot here to make a cover. Um, Sleepy Ron will not be sleepless in Seattle this weekend, hopefully. Um, And, you know, you can get a nice little, little cover here. Yeah, I agree. All right. Let's talk a little giants cowboys. The line is at 17 over under 38 and a half. We have a pretty good running policy about trying not to bet teams over a touchdown in large spreads, but I can see why Vegas made this number 17. Cause as I talked about last week, Tommy DeVito might be the worst NFL quarterback I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah, she is very bad. Um, <laughs> Remind you folks, for those who don't follow college football, this man couldn't keep his job at Syracuse. He then had to transfer to Illinois. It was still terrible. I, I said it last week. My my jaw dropped when I saw that he was on an NFL roster. I could not believe it. I mean, he had to transfer to Illinois, who powerhouse get, Illinois, right? Just a yeah. Program. I mean, they had an awesome defense. Um, yeah. Very true. Maybe that's how he made it. People thought Illinois was good, and they didn't realize it was their defense. I don't know. <laughs> it was incredible. I, I just, I could not believe he's on an NFL roster. Sorry, yeah. we got distracted from the game. <laughs> Very strange. Um, this, ha- this has to be the biggest spread so far this year. I don't remember a bigger one. Thus I don't far. remember us seeing an 18. or Obviously, we have not seen a 20. I don't, I don't even know that's ever happened in the NFL. Um, <laughs> 17 and a half. I mean, that, that, that's big. Um, but... Dallas, I know they just lost. They lost to Philly, who, by the way, Philly, anyone can drive against that defense. Um, it, it's very strange. And going on a little tangent here, but like Philly's got a great defensive line. But after that, my God, um, <laughs> it's bad. Um, but Dallas was able to move move the ball very easily. Um, they're going to be able to move the ball very easily against New York here. Um, I imagine they're going to have the ball for a minimum of possession of 40 minutes, I'd say. Um, yeah, this is this is going to be an ugly one. And this is a team that already beat New York. I mean, it was the first game of the season, but it didn't really matter because New York's pretty much looked like this the entire season. So they already beat them 40 to zero. I still won't bet on it, but I do feel pretty confident that Dallas can probably win by three touchdowns. 
I would agree. <laughs> I do feel bad for Dallas. Not, I shouldn't say feel, that's the wrong way to phrase it. That last game felt like one of those games, like, of course they lost. Like, that's the type of game where, man, they just can't somehow break through and they need it so bad. Like, this regime needs it so bad. Like, that was like a, we talk about it a lot in college, like a must win football game. That's sort of, that's sort of the vibe I got from that Eagles game where it was just like, man, you are, you are falling short by inches. But this is a game of inches, as we learn from any given Sunday. Um, I don't like to bet scores over two touchdowns. I probably am not going to bet this one, but yeah, I would say if you want action on this game, I don't see how you don't back the Cowboys. Like I don't see a, a single area in the game of football where the giants have even the slightest edge or neutrality against this Cowboys. Like the Cowboys offense is finally starting to do things that sort of make sense. You know, we kind of called it perfectly last week, but it's running Dak a little bit more. You know, when CD Lamb has an insane matchups in the slot, abusing that matchup, but also being willing to move him around more um, and not just have him, you know, take up full-time residency in the slot. And like, they just, they started to, to do things right. And then the defense, I mean, you get a known passing downs. They're coming after your ass. And you think Tommy DeVito's going to handle that situation? Well, after the last two weeks, folks, like, there's just I, I I don't see like really any path I, unless there's some real fluky stuff or a major injury in the game. I, I, I just don't see how the, the Giants have a path to cover that number. Yep, I don't either. Um, Jets Raiders lines at one over under 37 and a half. We called it perfectly last week. They were going to get a bump from their intermediate or their interim coach. In comes a Jets team. They are reeling um, at this point in time. They they need to stay competitive to help get Aaron Rodgers back if he's really going to try to make a push. I I have some doubts about that. I think this is a lot of TV service. He likes to stir the pot and create drama type of deal, and I think that's what we're really seeing. But if, if he really is honest about trying to make a comeback, they need to stay competitive, and that's hurting them here. It's a one-point spread. It's a pick-em game. Do you have thoughts on this? It's a tough one. I mean, we've seen it kind of all year, but man, this Jets defense must just be so pissed at their offense. I tell you, man, (laughs) they did everything that they needed to do last week against Justin Herbert, obviously giving up a punt return for a touchdown. Once that happened, I was like, that's it. Jets are done. No way they're winning this game now, Um, which was true. Um, They're an odd team. It's almost like I was thinking about this the other day, like, I know he's not happy about it, but Aaron Rodgers getting injured gave Robert Sala and that entire coaching staff a total pass for this year, and they all have jobs for next season because they're not going to just blow it up and bring in an entire new coaching staff, get rid of Rodgers' boy, Nate Hackett. Like, that's just not going to happen. So this coaching staff is just like, they were all you know pissed about the Rodgers thing, but it saved them their jobs. <laughs> yep. So, like, and it's going to... Hopefully improve their draft stock to go get some help on the offensive line because, man, do they need it. <laughs> yeah, they, they need that desperately. Um, this is a tough game. It's just it's one of those games where it's just like I could see Max Crosby just being a complete game wrecker and basically winning the Raiders this game because all you got to do is force Wilson into a couple of mistakes. And, I mean, if you get up on this team 10, you know, I, I, my doubts the Raiders could do it, but you get up on this team 10-0, 14-0, the game's pretty much over because the Jets can't score the ball. Um, it's a terrible game. 
I think the Jets are the better team, but I'm going to actually go with the Raiders to uh, to win this game. You know, it's funny. I was about to say somebody's got to win this football game, but nope. This feels like a game that could end in a tie. <laughs> it's just that bad. <laughs> like, Terrible. Somebody doesn't actually have to win this game. This this feels like it could be a potential tie game, um, which just the worst when you take a one point spread. <laughs> but I, yeah, this is tough. I, I I think that the Jets defense is doing so. Robert Sala talked about this at his press conference, and I thought it was a really good point. Um, and something I was going to bring up about how kind of sacks are maybe a little bit of an overrated stat, and I agree with him. It's a very service level. But the and the Jets do this incredibly well. They're getting number one pressure rate while blitzing at the lowest rate in the NFL. And that is their distinct advantage on the defensive side of the ball here because the Raiders are going to want to run the ball a lot. Pierce has been very open about that. And then O'Connell is going to pick and choose his spots. But when you can manufacture pressure without having to bring a heavy rate of blitz and you can drop a bunch of guys back, that is a recipe for disaster. So I struggle to see where the Raiders score points. And then you flip the side of the ball and you're exactly right. Max Crosby is going to have himself a field day. He is rounded out to be one of the best edge players in football. Like he doesn't have a lot of weaknesses in his game at this point in time. And this offensive line is laugh out loud. Terrible. <laughs> like they stink. And so I think a prop bet on Max Crosby to have a sack because it's usually set at, they haven't set the line yet. I haven't seen it at least come out yet, but it'll probably come out game day. It's usually set at 0.5, so he just needs one. But even at, if they set it at one or 1.5, I'd still take his player prop. And then I might honestly, I might give this out on Trophy Kids. So make sure you're following at Trophy Kids Pod on Instagram and Twitter. But I think an under might be in play, or at least a team total. I'm going to see where this number moves because I... I'm having a hard time figuring how how these teams score points in this game, unless it turns into some absolute laugh out level laugh out loud comedy level mistakes. I, I I struggle to see how these teams move the ball. Yep, I would agree. Um, we rounded out Monday night Broncos Bills line is at seven over under forty seven and a half. And man, oh man, if we just didn't see these problems happening for the Bills. If we, we didn't call for this level of potential regression from the Bills. If only the trophy kids have been ahead on this number. I think we've been one of the most honest groups when it comes to the Bills and how Josh Allen plays and how Sean McDermott somewhat puts a ceiling on this team and just the overall, I don't know, unwillingness to have a set identity offensively. It feels like they are the most polar opposite team week in week out even within games you'll see them doing things like bringing in tempo and having a lot of success and then all of a sudden they go at a snail's pace and just it, it, it's crazy what's going on there but you get a broncos team that quietly has been getting better defensively but offensively russell wilson is cooked and not in the good kind of way um what do you make of this game at, at a seven and a half spread and 47 over under yeah, I mean seven and a half. Obviously, it's it's a little aggressive. It worries me a little bit. Um, this is a Broncos team, though. They have won their last two, and the Bills have lost three out of their last five. Um, I, I think this is kind of one of those games where both of these teams regress back to their means a little bit. I think we'll see a really good Bills team, and I think we're going to probably see a Broncos team that you know is who they are, which is shit. Um, so, I, I, I so true. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't. I don't like betting on seven and a half. I don't know if I will bet on seven and a half. I might take some sort of, you know, alt spread and, you know, tease and alt and alt over something like that. 
Uh, but if I had to, I would still go with the Bills. But they are a maddening football team. Gosh, do they annoy me. I'm just like, Josh Allen will finish with a, a, a great fantasy day, but what you just watched, you're just like, I don't know what I just watched. Like, I, I, what a roller coaster that was. It's, it's so bizarre to me. I think I saw, I think it's since 2020. I think it's 2020, maybe 2021. He has the most turnovers as yeah. a quarterback, but also the most touchdowns from a quarterback. Like it's, it speaks perfectly to this. Like, what did I just experience? <laughs> yeah, it does. Like he's going to turn that ball over a lot, but he's going to do things on the field that, I mean, Mahomes can do it, but basically no other quarterback can do. Yep. It's it's and this was the this was the concern when Brian Dable ended up leaving and you elected to keep a defensive minded head coach and Sean McDermott, who took Sean McDermott's credit when he took over the Bills program or organization. It was in shambles and yes. he has done a phenomenal job of getting them to this point. But there was that question as to whether or not he has sort of capped their ceiling as a defensive minded coach, as a more conservative mindset when it comes to offense you know we heard all the rumblings about how brian dable and him were just having tons of internal fighting over offensive philosophies and at the end of the day brian dable was getting the most out of josh allen i think we saw and we've seen sort of that regression come in i, I do think you're right they return to the means here the bills are the better team i think they get this win and they kind of get back on track a little but the kind of foreshadowing i guess is what i'm going to say here or speculation we talked about this in the preseason they this year don't have the advantage of having a lot of home games at the end of the season and building off that inclement weather that they love to play off. They got to go travel towards the end of the season. And as they continue to get banged up and they continue to have these issues, it's only going to be harder and harder to win football games down the stretch. And they're in real danger territory here for their season. I mean, they are a, a cornerback injury away from Josh Norman getting like serious defensive snap time. And one thing I'll give Josh, and we see it on special teams because that's what he's playing now. At for a corner, he has no problem getting physical. He he will, you know. I mean, I know Derek Henry trucked him, but I mean, most corners wouldn't even try. Um, so, but he can't cover anyone. He's so slow, <laughs> so slow, and he he was so good at one point. But oh, yeah. to to kind of speak about that, like you, your final three games are at Chargers. You got Pats at Bills, but they're fine with inclement weather. That's not something you get. Miami is the last game in the season, though, in Miami, as opposed to in Buffalo. And I do think that makes a difference. You got to go to the Chiefs like you play Cowboys at home, which will be helpful. But you have to go to the Eagles like it, the stretch in the back end here is rough. Like you got Broncos, then Jets, and then it goes Eagles, Chiefs, Cowboys, Chargers, Patriots, Dolphins. That's not easy. And at five and four, I mean, you're not you're not in the playoffs. No, this is danger mode. Like roll the gif of the, the Simpsons. I'm in danger. <laughs> this yeah. is where they're at right now, potentially. Um, all right. Uh, any final thoughts from a betting standpoint? Things yeah, from another major. Um, I feel good about your bucks. Um, I feel good about the lions. Um, yeah, that that I mean. I don't, I won't bet it, but I feel good about the Cowboys winning by 20 points. So that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. Yeah. I, I like my, my Pats teased with the Ravens. I, I like Texans. I, I like Kamara prop in that Saints Vikings yeah. game. Um, 
I like my bucks. I might add some additional things to the card. So make sure you're following at trophy kids podcast on both Instagram and Twitter to get all the card information. Had a finally a, a turnaround week. You know, we're finally above 500 on my end is, is really what I'm talking about. And I six and three NFL week last week. I needed that so badly. Um, yeah. Before we wrap this up, I did want to get your thoughts. Eagles are on a buy, so we didn't get a chance to talk about them. Don't things feel a little off? Like I know they're winning football games and they've got a great win loss record, but you, yes. you, you walk away feeling like things are off, right? Things definitely feel off. Um, like I kind of mentioned, when we talked about the Cowboys, you can march on that defense and that's a problem. I mean, I've watched, I've watched Sam Howell now twice, just carve that defense. And then we saw, you know, we saw Dak last week do the same thing. Hurts, the offense just isn't running quite as well. He's getting pressured way more than he used to. And he also has that bum knee. He doesn't make very good decisions when he's under pressure. Uh, Hurts kind of just like kind of forgets how to play quarterback when he gets pressured, especially when he's not able to, you know, run away from the pressure. Um, yeah, I, I do not. Yeah, this this team, I, I don't think, what are they, eight and one or whatever? Their record is much better than who they are, in my opinion. Yeah. I would agree. And this was something I sort of thought we might see it heading into the season because this is what makes being a dynasty in football one of the hardest things. And we've been sort of brainwashed because we, we've grown up in the Patriots airs and now we got the Chiefs there. But like coordinators go, talent leaves. Losing your two coordinators, I think, was more devastating than we may have officially realized. Like we talked about how Brian Johnson was probably going to struggle to find himself as a play caller because he's only done it one other time in his career, and it was at the college level. Um, he's never done it on the NFL level, and I think we're seeing that offensively, and I think defensively, to your point, I don't know if they found their identity yet. Like They feel, they feel drastically different from last year's unit, which is weird because you look at the parts, and you're like, the parts are good, but something feels very often wrong here. <laughs> Very often, like you said, the, the offensive play calling is just it's just odd. I mean, last game, it, it was third and three. They need a first to win the game. This is a team that always goes for it. Uh, if it's fourth and two or less, they're going to go for it. And they just throw like a, a ball with like a 5% success rate, like 20 yards downfield. I'm like, why didn't you just run and then just run again and get the first down? Game over. Uh, yeah. I don't know what they're doing. Um, yeah. It, it's just, it, it doesn't feel good. And they are. They're kind of in the middle of that schedule gauntlet, but they're really, really entering where it gets really hard. Yep. And it's going to fall on Nick Sirianni, who I've questioned his head coaching ability. <laughs> Me too. Me too. He, yeah. he loves the camera. Let's be honest. Yes. Uh, and so it, it will fall on him. They, they need to really utilize this by to, to figure out what kind of football team they want to be and identify what they're going to do because they, they don't feel like they're playing with that edge and they feel like they they're lacking a bit of an identity, both offensively and defensively. They they feel like they just don't have a grasp on, on how they want to do a, go about things right now. And it's weird. It's off. I know the win loss column doesn't show that, but I'm glad we're, we're lining up there. Um, I'm with you. All right. That'll do it for us this week. And as always, peace. <laughs>